On today's episode, the Chicago Blackhawks split their weekend back-to-back with the St. Louis Blues and the Los Angeles Kings, although picking up a win over the Blues sure made it feel like it was a winning weekend. I'll break down both games and some roster moves that the Blackhawks recently made right here on Locked On Blackhawks. Your Locked On Blackhawks, your daily podcast on the Chicago Blackhawks. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Welcome to the Lockdown Blackhawks podcast. Today is Monday, January 23rd. I'm your host, Jack Bushman. You can find me out on Twitter at JackBushman2, or you could also go and check out my Strictly Blackhawks account at Talkin' Hockey for all the latest Blackhawks news and updates. And real quick, if you're listening to the audio version of today's episode and you like what you're hearing, then please make sure to go and show some support first by following the podcast. You can also go and leave me a review if you want to as well, which I always greatly appreciate. And the best part about it all is that it's 100% for free wherever you may be listening to your podcast. For those of you who may not be aware, your boy over here is also going to be giving away two free tickets to a Blackhawks game sometime in the second half of the regular season. All you have to do in order to qualify, first, you have to go and leave me a review on either Apple Podcasts or on Spotify. Bonus points to those out there that leave me a five-star review. And you also are going to want to be sure to drop the name of your YouTube channel in that review because the second thing you need to do in order to qualify is you have to subscribe to Lockdown Blackhawks on YouTube. If I go and I see your review, I choose you to be the winner, but you're not subscribed to the channel. I'm going to have to choose someone else. You have to do both in order to qualify for the two free tickets. Also, every video or every episode of Lockdown Blackhawks, excuse me, is going to have a video uploaded to YouTube as well. So it only makes sense to go and subscribe to the YouTube channel. It's also 100% for free. It only takes two seconds, and it really does help me out tremendously. So make sure to go do that. Also, Make sure to go and smash the like button down below on today's video. And last, go and ring the bell, turn on those push notifications, and that way you can get notified when the episode gets uploaded to YouTube each and every day. All right, enough of that. Good afternoon, everyone. Thank you all again for joining me on another episode of Lockdown Blackhawks, your one-stop shop for all things Chicago Blackhawks. And thank you all for making the show your very first listen here to start off your week. A very hectic weekend for the Chicago Blackhawks. Over the weekend, they had themselves a back-to-back. After a comeback 4-1 to win over the Philadelphia Flyers on Thursday night, the Blackhawks traveled out to St. Louis for the front end for the third meeting of the season between these two teams. And the first two had not gone particularly well for Chicago, which is Been a common theme in this so-called rivalry over the past few years. The Blues won the opening meeting 5-2 in Chicago, then also won 3-1 back in St. Louis in late December. And coming into this matchup, folks, the Blues were 9-0-2 in the previous 11 games against the Chicago Blackhawks. That was their longest point streak against the Hawks in franchise history. And the last time the Blackhawks beat the Blues in regulation, get ready for this, was way back on March 29th, 2018. That is not a typo, folks. It had been nearly five years 
since the Blackhawks beat the Blues in regulation. But the good news here is that we can put all of this to bed because the Blackhawks, I think, shocked the St. Louis Blues with what went down en route to their 5-3 win on Saturday night at the Enterprise Center. Before I get into the game, though, I did first want to mention that Jackson Stauber was the one getting the start in net for his NHL debut. What an environment to do it in, going into enemy territory, a hostile environment in St. Louis. You knew they were going to be chirping him all night long. But the reason Stauber was making his debut, of course, is because Alex Stalock, unfortunately, has been placed back in concussion protocol, which I'll have a little bit more of an update on later in the episode. But Stauber has been serving mostly as the backup for Peter Morazic in the past couple of games, but his time finally came on Saturday night. And to the 23-year-old kid's credit, he didn't flinch one bit. But the story of this game, other than Stauber's performance in his NHL debut, was Puck Luck finally being back on the side of the Chicago Blackhawks. It had not been going in their favor for the majority of their season, but it sure was in the first period here to kick off Saturday's game because in the opening 20 minutes, the Hawks got outshot 11-3 by the Blues, but they were the ones that found themselves ahead 2 to nothing on the scoreboard thanks to some great work by the Grinders, the brothers down on the third line, Jason Dickinson and Sam Lafferty. It seems like they always do their best work in bunches together. This game kind of reminded me of way back early on in the year when those two guys took over against the San Jose Sharks to lead the Blackhawks to victory. It kind of felt like a little bit of a blast from the past to that game because Dickinson and Lafferty were providing for the Blackhawks early on when no one else was really doing a whole lot. Uh, Lafferty set up Dickinson on a two-on-one to kick off the scoring. That, by the way, snapped a 30-game goal drought for Jason Dickinson. My, oh my, it had to feel good for him to get off the schneid. And then he returned the favor later on in the period to help the Blackhawks double their lead. He set up Sam Lafferty for a shorthanded breakaway. Lafferty's third shorthanded goal of the season doubled the Blackhawks' lead and had them ahead 2 to nothing after 20 minutes despite getting largely outplayed by the St. Louis Blues. Uh, then in the second, though, we did finally get to see a little bit more of some back-and-forth action. The Blues finally got a couple past Jackson Stauber. Uh, but Reese Johnson on, and Andreas Athanasiu provided two goals for the Blackhawks. Uh, Dickinson also picked up his third point of the game on the goal from Athanasiu. Uh, I forgot to mention earlier, Seth Jones also extended his point streak with an early assist on Dickinson's goal. The Blackhawks offense came to life despite having a limited amount of shots on goal. Uh, and after Athanasiu's goal, the Blues ended up pulling Jordan Bennington. He let the whole team down. How about these numbers from Jordan Bennington on Saturday night? He stopped just three of the seven shots that he faced. Always fun to see him getting pulled. He had been getting the better of the Blackhawks, you know, to his credit for the last couple of seasons. It felt like every time he faced up against the Hawks, he was on his A game, but that certainly wasn't the case here on Saturday night. Pretty disappointing for St. Louis because they really played well in this game and, you know, probably deserved to win had they just gotten good goaltending out of their starter. 
That didn't happen. Bennington's night came to an end early, which you love to see. Again, three saves on seven shots faced for Jordan Bennington. The Blackhawks were in control at that point, although the Blues would go on to make this thing a little bit interesting. Ivan Barbashev cut the deficit to four to two before the end of the second period. And then former Hawk Nick Letty actually cut the deficit to one midway in the third period. But Max Domi in the top line of the Blackhawks responded with the dagger late, a nice shot by Domi. And the Blackhawks finally snap the regulation streak against the Blues and pick up a big-time 5-3 to three victory on Saturday night. Jason Dickinson had to be the first star of the game, snapping his 30-game goal drought and a three-point night. His good buddy Sam Lafferty added two points as well. And how about Jackson Stauber? A 29-save victory in his NHL debut, becoming the first Blackhawks netminder to earn a win in their debut since Colin Delia. And the Blackhawks win for the sixth time in a seven-game stretch. How about that? Kind of interesting time to do that, but don't you worry, Blackhawks fans. Fret not. The tank got back on track with the effort we saw on Sunday against the Los Angeles Kings. I'll talk about that as well as some injury updates in the latest roster transactions that the Blackhawks made just a moment ago here in a moment. But first, I got to talk to you all about Athletic Greens and their new AG1 product because with just one scoop of AG1, you're absorbing 75 high-quality vitamins minerals, probiotics, and more to help you start your day. And I try and get this one scoop in every single morning, folks. I had it before I recorded the show today. It really just gives me that extra boost that I need to get my day started. And listen to the special blend of ingredients. It truly is incredible. It supports your gut health, your nervous system, your immune system, your energy, your recovery, your focus, and even your aging. And Athletic Greens was first created when the founder themselves experienced a ton of gut issues and ended up on a complicated supplement routine in order to recover. That used to cost them over $100 per day. But now, Athletic Greens has created both an optimal and an affordable nutrition routine that'll cost you less than $3 per day, which is just such a cheap and easy way to invest in both your health and your body. And to make it easy, Athletic Greens is going to give you a free one-year supply of immune-supporting vitamin D and five free travel packs with your first purchase. All you got to do is go and visit athleticgreens.com slash NHL Network right now. Again, that is athleticgreens.com slash NHL Network. Go check it out to take ownership over your health and to pick up the ultimate daily nutritional insurance. All right, back here on the Lockdown Blackhawks podcast. Real quick, just wanted to say thanks again to everyone out there for making the show your first listen here to start off your day. Now for your second listen, make sure you go and check out Lockdown NHL Prospects, which is a very relevant podcast right now for us Blackhawks fans because it will be covering the next generation of hockey superstars leading up to the 2023 NHL Draft. Plus, you also get NHL draft rankings and top prospect comparisons for every single team. So make sure to go and check out Locked On NHL Prospects, available on this app, YouTube, or wherever you get your podcasts. All right, segment two. After the Blackhawks picked up that impressive, I don't know if that was that was the word I was originally going to use. I don't know if I would 
deem it as much. It was impressive by Jackson Stauber. Don't get me wrong. It was impressive that the Blackhawks hung on late despite the Blues continuing to charge. They did get a little bit lucky, no doubt about it. I mean, 18 shots on goal to find the back of the net five times. Pretty fortunate either way. After their 5-3 to three win against the St. Louis Blues on Saturday, the Blackhawks flew back home for a matchup with the Los Angeles Kings at the United Center less than 24 hours later. Only two lineup changes. Obviously, you're not going to start the 23-year-old Stauber on the back-to-back for both ends. So Peter Morazic was back in net as expected. And then Isaac Phillips drew back into the lineup. Uh, excuse me, Ian Mitchell drew back into the lineup in place of Isaac Phillips. Have a little bit more of an update on Phillips coming up here in just a moment. But after how exciting the game was on Saturday night against the Blues, folks, the game on Sunday against the Kings was equally as boring. I mean, the Blackhawks had nothing going on. This game was trying to put me asleep. Fortunately, there was a really good football game going on um, between Oh my gosh, between the 49ers and the Cowboys, I almost blanked for a second. That kind of helped me stay awake because if that wasn't on TV and I was just watching this Blackhawks-Kings game, I would have been fast asleep. Uh, The Blackhawks had nothing going on all night long. Funny enough, they actually um, wound up with one more shot on goal in this game than they did on Saturday in St. Louis. They had 18 against the Blues, 19 against the Kings, to total 37 in two games over the weekend. I mean, pretty pitiful and pretty fortunate to come away with a win in one of those two games when you look at those numbers from afar. Uh, But yeah, the offense really was sputtering all night long against the Kings, and that's pretty unfortunate considering, first, how well Peter Morazic was playing in net. He's continued to just be really steady over the past couple of weeks, and he ended up stopping 25 of the 27 shots that he faced. Uh, And also, I thought the Blackhawks' defense, they weren't perfect, and there were certainly times throughout the night where the Kings were just absolutely dominating them and were rattling off, you know, that there were stretches where they were in complete control. But still, all in all, to only give up 27 shots on goal, the Blackhawks also didn't take a single penalty all night long. They didn't give up a ton of high-danger scoring chances, and they also held the Kings to an expected goals for of just 2.52. Altogether, that's a pretty solid night for this Blackhawks defense. So uh, to completely waste, to have that lackluster of an offensive performance with this type of showing on the defensive side of things, yeah, kind of unfortunate that they couldn't do more and build off their victory that they had against the Blues on Saturday. But yeah, they just had. They were on empty, it looked like, for most of this game. I don't know if the travel or the, the night before against St. Louis took it out of them or what, but the Blackhawks just didn't have it against the Kings. I think they had three shots on goal in the opening 20 minutes. I know they had 12 shots on goal with 10 minutes to go in the game. I mean, 12 shots on goal through 50 minutes is absolutely putrid. Uh, they did go on to tally seven in those final 10 minutes out of desperation, uh, but they still again, just didn't had any, didn't have much of anything going on all night long. I think they created four high danger scoring chances of their own at even strength and neither of their power play opportunities were all that impressive. So offensively, pretty much a dud for the Blackhawks. They did, although 
uh, avoid getting shut out for the seventh time this season, thanks to Ian Mitchell netting his first goal of the season with a wrister, which had to feel good for him. Nice to finally see Ian Mitchell put one in the back of the net and contribute offensively. Although on the defensive side of things, uh, it was probably one of his worst games since he's been uh, up in the NHL since the beginning of December. He was on the ice for both Kings goals against, by the way, both of them came from Jarrett Anderson Dolan. Um, But Mitchell also just had a couple of bad turnovers and a couple instances where he looked like he was just a little bit unsure of what he was or what he should be doing out there. Uh, There was a two-on-one where he tried to take away the passing lane, didn't end up doing anything. The pass still easily got over. I don't know, just not a really sound night defensively for Ian Mitchell. And again, that's kind of unfortunate because, you know, he was the only one who scored a goal for the Blackhawks in this game. But considering how poor he played defensively, I don't think it's crazy to say that he's probably going to be scratched again on Tuesday when the Blackhawks take on the Vancouver Canucks. But yeah, stinker by the Blackhawks offensively. They did show some life late, but ultimately, I mean, 19 shots on goal on Phoenix Copley. When you get a goalie like that, an opportunity to go against that, you got to take advantage more. They didn't. The Blackhawks end up falling 2-1 to one to the Los Angeles Kings as they try to get the tank back on track. Taking a look at the Connor Bedard standings here real quick, the Blackhawks now sit at 14-27-4 through 45 games this season with 32 points. That has them just ahead of both the Anaheim Ducks and the Columbus Blue Jackets at the moment. And they are starting to creep up on the Arizona Coyotes. So. Just one thing to consider if you're the Blackhawks front office. They've now won six of the last eight games. They got games in hand and are ahead of Anaheim and Columbus right now. But I will say this, Blackhawks fans, deep breaths are still basically a whole second half of hockey to be played. Don't get me wrong. Would I love to have a 25% chance of landing Connor Bedard? You bet your rear end I would. The end of the day, though, it is all going to come down to a lottery, and the Blackhawks are still right there. They're still right there. I think we all know that losses are going to come, especially when this team starts trading some folks. So uh, I don't think we should be freaking out with this much time left in the season. Deep breaths, Blackhawks fans. But before I move on, I did want to be sure to mention that uh, just you know, 30 minutes ago, just before I hopped on, again, I'm starting to get good at this. I had a feeling the Blackhawks were going to make a roster move here as, uh, unfortunately, in last night's game against the Kings, Tyler Johnson suffered another lower lower body injury. He was forced to exit the game and did not play in the final two periods. And after the game, he was spotted in a walking boot. He has been diagnosed with a left ankle injury, something that's given him problems on a couple of different occasions so far this year. And man. Just Tyler Johnson. He's been playing really good hockey here as of late, too. That's what is a bummer about it. And early on in the season when he got hurt, he was playing really good hockey. Just hasn't been able to stay healthy in his Blackhawks tenure so far. Really unfortunate to see him in a walking boot once again. Just this morning, the Blackhawks placed Tyler Johnson on injured reserve. And they made a couple roster moves. I think uh, some folks out there were wondering, could Lucas Reichel be getting called back up to the NHL with a top six spot opening up? Tyler Johnson had been playing on the top line with Max Domi and Patrick Kane. 
looks like the Blackhawks have been wanting to play Lucas Reichel on the wing, maybe at the NHL level. They're still giving him time as the center spot down in Rockford, but just talked with Charlie Romeliotis recently about how he thinks Lucas Reichel is probably going to be a winger at the NHL level. There's a spot open for him on the wing. Felt like a good spot for the Blackhawks to recall Lucas Reichel, but to be fair, I don't think they want to be calling him up, sending him up and down. They don't want to be moving him back and forth. They clearly like and value what they have going on down in Rockford right now. And also, they've been winning a lot recently. And if you all remember, not so long ago, Lucas Reichel was a big part of that, helping the Blackhawks beat Arizona, beat Calgary. Front office, I think we got to kind of start putting a halt to this winning stuff. It is fun. No doubt about it. Winning is fun. We got to work on winning a little bit less than we are right now, just a little bit. And Lucas Reichel would undoubtedly be helping this Blackhawks offense. So no, I was not surprised to see the Blackhawks go in a different direction. They have placed Tyler Johnson on IR and with Boris Kachuk being the only extra forward up going into Sunday's game against the Kings, Jujar Kara is still on LTIR with a back injury. No timetable for his return right now. They left the Blackhawks with only 12 healthy forwards, so pretty good feeling that someone was getting called up, and that wound up being Luke Phil getting his first NHL action with the Blackhawks this season. Five foot ten, 181-pound, 27-year-old forward, having a really productive season with Rockford. He's got 30 points, 14 goals, and 16 assists in 31 AHL games so far this season. Has been kind of a career AHL guy who's you know, just, just one of those tweeners, a guy who's put up really good numbers in the A, but whenever he had been called up to the NHL, just never really worked for him. Very Dylan Secura-esque career for Luke Phillips so far, but he's the one the Blackhawks have ultimately decided to recall from Rockford with Tyler Johnson getting placed on injured reserve. No timeline as to Johnson's injury just yet, but I'm sure we'll have a little bit more of a clear-cut update from Coach Luke Richardson before the Blackhawks take on the Vancouver Canucks tomorrow night. Also, another roster move that the Blackhawks made, Isaac Phillips has been returned to the Rockford Ice Hogs. Very interesting because Phillips sure looked like he could be an NHL defenseman. In fact, I talked about it right here on the show. Isaac Phillips has been really strong, and I Definitely think he's been better than both Caleb Jones and Ian Mitchell this season. Isaac Phillips looks the part and plays the part. He's a physical, rugged, defensive defenseman who I think has been a little bit more aggressive in this stint. We heard Luke Richardson talk right when Phillips was called up about how he'd like to see him be more uh, aggressive and rugged and just kind of play with that intensity. Felt like uh, Phillips was almost too nice of a kid. I definitely think. Phillips had kind of grown into his own more in this stint and really was starting to become a reliable guy. Um, There were still, I mean, as a youngster, he's still very young. Um, There were still some breakdowns that he would have, but I certainly felt he was getting more and more comfortable. He had regularly been starting to chip in offensively and rack up some assists. He had a beautiful first NHL goal as well. Um, But there was the debate over, you know, Ian Mitchell was getting into the lineup and he was the one being the odd man out, which by the way, makes absolutely no sense. In an ideal world, Jack Johnson should be getting traded here sometime soon. Realistically, his days should be numbered in a Blackhawks sweater. At least that's how I feel. I don't get why Jack Johnson just can't sit. 
Why can't he sit? I, I genuinely don't get it. We should have been playing Isaac Phillips and Ian Mitchell at the same time with either Caleb Jones or Jack Johnson sitting, preferably Jack Johnson. I mean, he's not been good this year. I'm sorry to say it. Just calling a spade a spade here. But that wasn't the route that Luke Richardson was going, and one of Ian Mitchell or Isaac Phillips was regularly being held out of the lineup when I don't think either guy should have been in that spot. But if it was going to be Phillips uh, being the one who kind of feels like is more likely at this point to be part of the defensive group in the future over Ian Mitchell, um, it does make more sense to have Phillips at least playing regularly instead of being healthy scratched. Have him play night in and night out with Rockford. If you're not going to be playing him every game up here with the Blackhawks, it never made a whole lot of sense. Uh, But interestingly enough, with Phillips going down, the Blackhawks have decided to recall Philip Ruse from the Rockford Icehogs. Remember him? Spent the, you know, first 20, 25 games or so up in the NHL with the Blackhawks. Scored his first NHL goal and added two assists in 15 games. And with Ruse being a little bit older and kind of in the same boat as Isaac Phillips, honestly, I think both guys have shown flashes at times. Um, Ruse, obviously is in a different situation because this is his first year in the Blackhawks organization. But with both guys being a little bit older and, you know, the Blackhawks have a lot of defensemen that they're supposedly high on that they've drafted in the past couple of years that are going to be coming through the system. It's tough to see exactly where guys like Philip Ruse and Ian Mitchell fit into that. Um, But again, those are the guys that I think you'd rather be scratching at the NHL level rather than playing every day in Rockford. I don't really think Ian Mitchell has much left to prove at the AHL level. And Philip Ruse probably could be there and probably could be playing, you know, a little bit more regularly. Um, But I also don't think, again, if it's between Phillips or Ruse, who would you like playing on a nightly basis? You're going to choose Isaac Phillips if you're the Blackhawks, because you really feel confident that he's going to be a difference maker one day. Whereas Philip Ruse, The jury is still kind of out on him. So a couple of interesting roster moves that the Blackhawks made just this morning with Tyler Johnson getting placed on injured reserve and uh, Isaac Phillips getting sent back down to Rockford. I also wanted to provide a quick update on Alex Stalock, who last week at practice suffered another concussion uh, and has been placed in concussion protocol after a collision in practice. That's, you know, what led to Stauber's NHL debut, as I already mentioned. But for Stalock, it sounds like uh, we're not going to be seeing him at all during this three-game road trip out west, and he's not going to be traveling with the team. I think the Blackhawks are going to be shutting him down until after the NHL All-Star break. But really unfortunate for Stalock. Not only was he playing incredibly well and had proven himself to be the starter here for the Blackhawks, but he was also doing it in such entertaining fashion. You know, the guy was having fun night in and night out. The Blackhawks enjoyed playing with him. Uh, And because of his solid play, he was also kind of getting some interest in the trade market potentially as well. But now with another lingering concussion on top of his injury history already, Uh, probably seems a little bit unlikely that Alex Stalock is going to be dealt. But another goaltender injury for the Blackhawks just happened way too often here in the first half of the regular season. Hopefully this one doesn't keep Stalock out for as long as it did last time, and he can get back in between the pipes here sometime soon. All right, there are the latest updates 
that the Blackhawks are dealing with right now. The latest injury updates, I should say, and the latest roster transactions. Coming up in just a minute, I will get into our weekly Mailbag Monday fan segment, where I answer a question from a couple of lucky listeners right here on Locked On Blackhawks. But first, I need to talk to you all about FanDuel. The NHL, the NFL playoffs, excuse me, are here, and we're really excited about our new sports betting partner for Lockdown because they're the number one sports book in America, FanDuel. And if you're new to FanDuel, that's even better because they have so many great features that make betting on sports fun and easy. New customers, join today to get started with $150 in free bets guaranteed. When you place your first $5 bet, all you have to do is sign up at FanDuel.com slash LockedOn. FanDuel has all your favorite bets from the money line to point spreads to player props. Plus, you can even combine your bets for a chance at a bigger payout with the same game parlay feature. All on an app that's safe, secure, and super easy to use. So football fans, don't miss out. Place your first $5 bet to get $150 in free bets, win or lose, at FanDuel.com slash LockedOn. Make every moment more with FanDuel, the official sportsbook partner of the NFL. All right, before I wrap up the show for today, folks, can't forget about our weekly Mailbag Monday fan segment, of course, where I answer a question. From a couple of lucky listeners right here on Lockdown Blackhawks. By the way, just wanted to say thank you to everyone out there for reaching out with their questions this week. I saw um, a, a nice increase in the amount of questions that I got. Let's make sure to keep that up. If you're still tuning into the episode, either drop a comment down below on YouTube, go and DM me, any one of my channels, email lockdownblackhawks at gmail.com. Reach out with your question. I promise I'll answer them right here live on the show. While you're doing that, make sure to smash the like button and also make sure to hit that subscribe button. It really does help me out. First question I wanted to answer today comes from Tim Adams on Twitter, who asked kind of a relevant question to what I just answered. Um, I had this prepped out prior to the Blackhawks roster moves this morning, so I apologize, Tim. Things have changed a little bit, but he asked, why does Luke keep switching out Isaac Phillips and Ian Mitchell? I would rather see both play than Caleb Jones. Honestly, Caleb Jones is kind of in the same situation as Ian Mitchell. I'd rather see Isaac Phillips play than both of those guys. Um, obviously, Phillips is now back in Rockford right now, but the hypothetical here, Jack Johnson should have been sitting. I, I, I look, Listen, Jack Johnson can play every now and then. That's fine. But to play 45 of 45 this season, does anyone else think that's a little bit ridiculous? I do. I just don't understand it. Um, in an ideal world where I'm the head coach of the Chicago Blackhawks, I'm having Jake McCabe and Seth Jones as my top D pairing. I'm having Isaac Phillips and Connor Murphy as my second pairing. And then I'm leaving Caleb Jones and Ian Mitchell as a more offensive-minded third pairing that's probably not going to play a ton defensively, but in offensive face-off situations. Uh, that's where I'm going to be using them. Isaac Phillips and Connor Murphy shutdown guys. That's the way I'd be handling this Blackhawks defense. If I was head coach, I don't have the resume or the luxury to be doing that. I don't agree with Luke Richardson, how he's handled this situation, but you know, who am I to be telling him that he's doing the wrong thing here? Maybe he's getting whispers from the front office on how to handle Ian Mitchell. I don't know. Sure. Seems like the Blackhawks have their mind made up on him already. 
I would be a little bit more hesitant just because of uh, I've seen Gustav Forsling turn into a really good defenseman for the Florida Panthers. I think Ian Mitchell has a lot of interestingly similar qualities and has been handled pretty much the same in his early career. So I'd be a little hesitant, especially with Ian Mitchell being a restricted free agent. Um, I'd be having him more in the lineup more frequently, but I am interested to see there is going to be a trade coming up here in the next couple of months involving him. Second question I wanted to answer today comes from Cooper W on Instagram who asked, oh, point blank here, which players are getting traded and which ones aren't at the deadline? I think Andreas Athanasiu is going to get traded for sure. Sam Lafferty is going to be an interesting one. I'd hate to see Sam Lafferty go, but with the way that he's been playing in the past month on a very friendly contract, I could see it. Um, Max Domi, I do think, is is going to get traded. He's been playing really well. I, I feel like someone is going to offer a second-round pick. The Blackhawks are going to say, hey, we want you around. We just have to take these assets. We'll go and give you a contract offer in the offseason. Go and try to get your ring. I think Max Domi is probably going to get traded. I don't think Jake McCabe is going to get traded unless someone's offering a, a really good deal. It would have to be a first-round pick, I think, at this point. Jake McCabe has been awesome. And a good first round pick too. I I don't know. It, it's interesting. This is really putting me on the spot. I'm just going Andreas Athanasiu, Max Domi. I think those two are going to get traded. Sam Lafferty, could he get traded? I don't think anyone's going to trade for Jujar Kara with his injury history right now. I don't think anyone's going to trade for Alex Stalock. I hope someone takes on Jack Johnson. I mean, we'll take a bag of pucks. We'll take future considerations for Jack Johnson. We just need other guys playing. I'm sorry, Jack. I don't mean to be like that. It's just the reality of the situation. So sure, I'll go Andreas Athanasiu, Max Domi, Jack Johnson. Patrick Kane. I'll go with those four. I wanted to save the big ones until the end. I don't think Jonathan Taves is getting traded. We'll see. We'll see. That's just my guess right now. Third question I wanted to answer comes from Colin on Twitter, who asked, did you vote for Jake McCabe? I think the real question is, did you vote for Jake McCabe, Colin? I voted for Jake McCabe a lot. Probably more, no such thing as more than I should have. Jake McCabe is a deserving all-star for the Blackhawks. He's been spectacular. To be, I think he's a plus four, plus five on this Blackhawks team. Yeah, he's been awesome. Vote Jake McCabe. I don't know if you can vote anymore, actually, but if you can, still go vote for Jake McCabe. I, I voted a ton. Fourth and final question I wanted to answer today comes from Cole Sloan on Twitter, who asked, why don't you think Seth Jones is getting traded? Kind of paraphrasing this question here. Why don't you think Seth Jones is getting traded? His contract or the money? Isn't that kind of the same thing? No one's going to pay Seth Jones that much money over that much term. The Blackhawks would have to eat a lot of that. I don't think they want to go that route at all. And Seth's good. Seth Jones is a good defenseman. I don't care who has to hear it. I'll say it. Seth Jones is a good defenseman. Are there nights where he's not on his A game and he's less than, you know, he, is he subpar defensively? Yes. Yes. He's still a good defenseman, a difference maker, the best defenseman the Blackhawks have all around. Jake McCabe is the better defensive defenseman. Absolutely. Seth Jones by far produces more and is able to do more with the puck on his stick offensively than any other defenseman. There's just no way a trade happens here. There's just no way a trade happens. No team is going to pay that. I don't think the Blackhawks want to get rid of Seth. I think they like Seth. 
I think he's probably going to be the future captain of this team, like it or not. It just makes a lot of sense. And if Seth keeps playing the way he has these past two weeks, I think he's going to win a lot of people over. He should win a lot of people over. I don't understand why so many people hate this guy because he had a bad start to the season with Jack Johnson on his D pairing. Um, how about Connor Murphy? That's been happening to him for the last second half. I haven't been hearing people dog Connor Murphy. I know he's not making, you know, $9.5 million, but still like Seth Jones has been awesome with, with, uh, Jake McCabe at his side. Those two got to remain together. Hopefully the Blackhawks keep McCabe and maybe that's a top D pairing that can still be valuable when the Blackhawks are trying to compete in a couple of years here. I don't know. We'll see. It's very interesting to see what's going to happen with Jake McCabe. But as far as Seth Jones, he's not getting moved anywhere. It just doesn't make sense in a lot of different ways. He's got a no movement clause, basically impossible to move Seth Jones in that contract. All right, folks, I think that is going to wrap up Monday, January 23rd's episode of Lockdown Blackhawks. Make sure if you're not already to go and follow the Lockdown Blackhawks podcast for free right now on your favorite podcast app and go and subscribe to Lockdown Blackhawks on YouTube. You'll be able to get the latest episode as soon as it comes out each day. Once again, thank you all for tuning into today's episode. I'm your host, Jack Bushman. You can find me out on Twitter at JackBushman2. Or you could also check out my Strictly Blackhawks account at Talkin' Hockey for all the latest Blackhawks news and updates. So until tomorrow's episode, it's going to do it here on the Lockdown Blackhawks podcast, part of the Lockdown Podcast Network, your team every day.